Welcome to We Friends, right? I'm your host, Mallory Thompson. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and also follow me on my website, www.wefriendsright.com. Can't wait to engage and connect with you all. Welcome to my tribe. Hey guys, welcome back. It's been a really long week, it feels like. I feel like I haven't been like, I don't know, it's just stretched on and on and on. And so I'm excited to be back. I hope you guys are excited to be back. I always love getting on and talking to you guys about the things that are super important to me. I hope that they're super important to you. Friendship and relationships are, in my opinion, what make the world go round and it's what we live for. Um, you know, I don't know where I'd be without the relationships in my life and not just those family members and my spouse, but those that I surround myself with and, uh, am comfortable with. So I hope you guys are on the same page. I think if you're here, you probably are. So I'm really excited you guys are back. Okay. So today we are going to talk a little bit about something that is not super fun to have to deal with, but we usually run into it at one point or another in any period of time in anybody's life, if you have friends at all, um, which is toxic relationships. So here's the thing. We may start a relationship or a friendship and we may not even realize that it's a toxic relationship until we get into it. I've had friends that it started out really well. And then as time goes on, I realize, oh my heavens, what have I done? You know, this is this is not healthy for me or for her. And so you have to um, really sit down and analyze, you know, what your friendship actually is, what kind of form it's taken on and what you're going to do about it. Have you ever had a relationship that you just like looked at and just wondered, why is it that we are so tax- toxic to each other? Like, what is it that makes myself bring out the most awful things about myself every time I'm around somebody or maybe vice versa. Maybe this person is really awesome with other people, but whenever you guys get together, it's just this toxic, unhealthy relationship. A lot of that I think can be addressed by looking in the mirror. And we talked about this in my last episode. If we have a problem with somebody, the first place I would direct anybody is to go look in the mirror. And the reason for that is not because we are always the problem, but mostly because we can only control what we can control. We cannot control how other people behave, but we can control how we behave. And so that is our first starting point is to go to the mirror and see what can I do about this situation? What part am I playing in this situation? And so we go and we ask ourselves these questions and see if we are the problem in this situation. And I will say there's always two sides of a piece of paper, no matter how thin. So even if you're not most of the problem, there still might be something that uh, you are either triggering or something that you're doing that is making you reactive to how that person is behaving or whatever it may be, you have a part in it at some to some degree. So I definitely believe that there's two sides to a story in every story. And even if you are the innocent victim in that one, what have you done 
to address the problem. Are you remaining a victim like we talked about in the last episode? Or are you conquering this problem? And are you making this problem better? And let's be honest, because we can't control how other people act, we can't always help a situation. So when is it better to let go? And when is it worth saving? Those are legitimate questions we need to ask sometimes. Sometimes those relationships that are most toxic are probably not going to be what we need in our lives. Now, it could be because we are struggling in our life right now and we are we have become a little bit toxic and unhealthy, or it could be the other way around. Maybe our friend is having a hard time and she's a little bit unhealthy and she is lashing out because she's having a hard time in her life and there's nowhere else she feels safe to lash out. Even So we're glad that she feels safe with you, but it's still not okay to lash out at you. So that's the thing we have to ask ourselves, is this relationship worth saving? And oftentimes, I would say 90% of the time, yes, it is worth saving. The thing is, I am a huge advocate for change. People can change if they truly want to change. It's ultimately deciding whether or not you want to change. And if that person that you're dealing with refuses to change or doesn't see that they need to change, well, then there's not much you can do about it. But if you are willing to put in the effort and your friend is willing to put in the effort, then it's definitely worth saving. So it comes through, so it comes down to how much effort you guys are willing to put into it. And let's be honest, there is always going to be some relationships that it's just not worth the effort. And, you know, that is always a very sad day for me. I don't enjoy losing any friendships, but there are those friendships that you realize that, especially in this point in your life, you don't have the energy or the time to put into it that it needs. And then you need to step back and you need to maybe just give each other some space. And you don't have to end your relationship in some messy, awful fight or anything like that. But I think it is healthy to address that person and say, you know what? I think we both just need some space right now. So let's just take some space. And then sometimes time just naturally kind of works out those kinks. Either it makes you realize that you really miss that person and that you are willing to put in the effort or you have more time now to put into that relationship. Or it makes you realize that maybe your life is a little bit smoother without that relationship. And maybe that relationship, its timing is up. So we are going to talk about toxic versus healthy relationships. So I have noticed that um, if I'm going to go back to my role that I talked about in the last episode, it's the role of pattern. Okay, so if there is one person that has a problem with you, it's it might be that person's problem. Okay, now, if two or more people have a problem with you and it's the same type of problem, you may want to look in the mirror. And you may want to address that that issue, even if you can't see it in yourself. So if we are having people come up with m the same type of trouble with us as other people, then it probably is a pattern that we've created. And we may not even be acknowledging that we are the problem. It may be something that has become a part of us, either because of something we're going through, because of past experience, um, because of trauma, because of anything, but just because we've, we're going through that does not mean that we need to continue that cycle. 
the cycle to hurt people has been something that I often struggle with because I understand PTSD. I understand trauma. I understand those things. But ultimately, we all have a choice on whether we're going to repeat those things. So while it's definitely more difficult once you've been through those things not to repeat it, it is not impossible not to repeat it. So that rule of pattern is really important for me. So if I am seeing that all my friends are saying, hey, Mal, you know, you've been really negative lately. Okay, I've had two or more people tell me that lately. It's probably true. And I need to not be offended by that, but take that inside and go, okay, if I'm being really negative to the people I care about most, then how do I address, address this? How do I fix this so that I want to be around myself, but that other people would still continue to like to be around me as well? Now, I'm not saying I am not an advocate for doing what everybody else wants you to do. I actually am very independent. I really, really love freedom. I love uh I appreciate the free agency to do what you feel is right, no matter what anybody else thinks. But here's the thing. When it comes to kindness and politeness and being a good person in general and trying to be to make other people's lives happier by you being around, I am an advocate for that. I'm not saying that you have to pretend or be something you're not. But if you are finding yourself chronically negative or in a bad mood, that is not normal. And you need to seek help. You need to go try to find a way to get through those things that you're going through. And even though we treat our friends as psychologists sometimes, which is perfectly fine and healthy, we need friends that we feel comfortable enough to vent to. But if your friend is becoming more your psychologist than your friend, then maybe you need to seek professional help. Because that's a lot of baggage to put on any friend's shoulders, especially because we do love you and we want to see what's best for you. But we sometimes have a very biased outlook on it. So we're not always helpful. Sometimes we're enabling because we love you so much and we want to see good things for you, but we're not actually willing to give you the answers that you actually need. Now, I'm definitely the honest friend. I will tell you if you look fat in those jeans. I'll say it politely, but I will definitely tell you that ooh, those jeans may not look the best. Okay, so I am very honest with my friends. However, there's still things that I need my friends to go seek professional help for. I cannot help you with trauma that I don't understand. And I can be there for you and I can be a support for you, but I probably am not going to be a lot of help for you. Now I can, and th here's the other thing too, like oftentimes we go to our friends and they give us advice and we are less likely to take that advice because, well, they're our friends, right? What do they know? They just love us. So they're going to listen and they're going to give their two cents. But that's the thing too. If your friends are going to tell you something, you might want to look at it and say, okay, how much of this rings true to me? And does my friend have a point? If she does, then maybe I need to take her advice and go with it. But a lot of times we don't take our friend's advice. It takes a professional for us to step back and say, oh, okay, so I really do need to apply this to my life. So if you need to vent, absolutely go to your friends. That is what we're here for. 
But if you were chronically venting and if you were chronically negative about your situation and the things you're going through, go seek professional help. And maybe it's beyond that. Maybe it's not just help. Maybe you have a chemical imbalance. Maybe there's something that that needs to be done. And your friends should support you 100% of the way. And they should encourage you to get that help. And if they are not, then I can't really call them a friend. Friends do what is best for their friends. And even if it's, if it's hard. So your friends should always tell you the truth. That is one thing. If you have a friend that only tells you what you want to hear, that is not a true friend. It's an unhealthy relationship. No matter how you look at it, she may make you feel good on the surface, but deep down inside, you know that she's only telling you what you want to hear. And so it's very toxic and it's very unhealthy. And the reason it's un- it's toxic and unhealthy is because you never know if that person is truly honest or lying to you. And if you can't truly depend on somebody to tell you the truth, then how can you ask her for her, her, her advice when you really want it or need it and expect a truthful answer? So not telling your friends the truth does not make it a good relationship. It just makes it a buried toxic one. So always try to be truthful with your friends, even if it's hard sometimes because they ask you hard things. You can say it in a way that is soft and kind and tactful. And hopefully if they are honest with themselves, they will be able to see your intent and they will be able to take it for what it is which is your honest opinion. And that's all we can give you as your friend is our honest opinion. Okay, so um, here's the other thing. If we are deeply offended by our friend's honesty, we might be in a toxic relationship. We might be part of the problem. So if we are always offended, always offended by people around us, I promise you, It is not the people around you. It is you. Now, if you're offended by one or two people, then okay, you know, they, we may have some hurtful and some wounded people around us and they may be lashing out and we may be getting the brunt of that. And I, and I get that. I never would suggest lashing out in, in a way. And I would not, I would not encourage anybody to give up on a friendship out of emotion. If you are arguing with your friend and you're angry with her, I would not make any permanent decisions about your friendship in that anger. I would not write her off. I would not tell her that you can't be friends anymore. I would not tell her anything like that. Instead, I would step back and I would say, you know what? I can see that we're both really heated right now. Maybe we just need some time. Can let's just, let's just go to lunch two days from now. And let's pick this up and try to see if we feel differently about it. If you don't, if it's something that is, you know, that you know you're not going to be able to get over, always try to end your relationships on a good note. You don't want to end any relationship on a tragic note. It's not healthy for you. It's not going to make you feel good. It's not, you know, when you run into that person around town or wherever you may be, it's not going to feel good. You don't want to end a relationship that you're running from that person from like down a different aisle at the grocery store because you're trying to avoid them. Nobody wants that type of relationship. So if you are easily offended, something that we need to think about is that 
offense can only be taken if we allow it. I am pretty thick-skinned, as I've reported before, uh, and it takes a lot to offend me. Somebody would have to blatantly try to hurt my feelings in order for me to be offended. I have been around friends that just say, kind of have foot and mouth syndrome and bless their heart. I feel for them because they're not happy about that either, but they've said things and I could be deeply offended by them, but I'm not. So the thing is, is I really do believe taking offense is a choice. If you are offended by somebody, try to look past the offense to their intent. Was this person saying it intently to hurt you? If they were, then absolutely you have every right to be hurt and to feel offended. However, in most cases, I would say at least 80% of the time, and that's low. I would say it's even higher than that. Most people are not trying to offend you. They're not trying to be cruel and they're not trying to make you feel bad. So we often need to look past the words and look at the intent. Here's the other thing. If we are deeply insecure, anything will offend us. And I mean anything. So if you are struggling with your self-worth or if you are struggling with feeling valued, please go and address that issue and try to fix it so that people, so that you can live peacefully with people and relationships in your life. Because until you find peace inside yourself, you will not find it with anybody outside of yourself either. Okay. So insecurity is Satan's largest tool. I feel like right now, especially with our younger generations, we are also deeply insecure about everything And we cannot be happy with those insecurities. We need to pray. We need to go to God and we need to find ourselves and ask God how he sees us. And I promise he will give you an answer. The thing is, is if we're trying to find all of our acceptance of ourselves from other people, we will never be happy. And we will never get that acceptance because there's always going to be somebody who has a problem with you. And you know what? It's none of your business how people feel about you. It truly is not. Especially if you have done nothing wrong. There's going to be people who just kind of you don't click with and you need to just be okay with that. Not everybody's going to like you. And If everybody does like you, then there's another problem going on because everybody shouldn't like you. And what I mean by that is most people that everybody likes, and I'm talking everybody and nobody has a problem with, is generally because they don't actually know who they are and they change for everybody around them. So here's the thing. That comes from insecurity as well. And eventually that whole facade goes away. Eventually, it has to fall apart because it's not real. So if nobody has a problem with you, you're probably not living an authentic self. Okay, so just keep that in mind. So if you're going to be offended, make sure that it's a legitimate offense and not something that somebody just said and and it came out wrong because (sighs) heaven forbid, lend me some mercy. 
okay? Because I'll just say, I've been in that boat. And it wasn't because I was looking to offend anybody. I was being honest and my tact filter was clogged and it did not get out the way I intended it to. So, and and a lot of people, like, for example, Enneagram 4s are highly emotional. They're a lot more emotional than a type 8 like me. So they are probably more likely to take those words that I say that I am not intently trying to hurt anybody with and internalize them and be offended by them. And the reason is, is because they're going off the emotions of those words and what those words put off instead of where the intent is coming from. Now, all fours are not this way. Do not mistake me. I'm just saying that fours are a little more on the emotional side where they will connect with the emotion of things and not necessarily the intent of things. Um, so, you know, be delicate. Be delicate with your fours. Make sure that, especially if you're an eight like me, that you think about what you say before it comes out your mouth, which is really hard for me. I will tell you guys, I struggle with that quite a bit. I am a, I wear everything on my sleeve. You never have to guess what I'm thinking because I am always right there to tell you. Uh, I don't have secrets. I don't have, um, I, I'm just an open book. And so everybody kind of knows where I stand, which is honestly awesome. I love that about myself because now I've gotten enough friends and family that are like, I love that. I love that. I always know where I stand with you and you do, you always know where you stand with me and I get over things pretty quickly. So the thing is, is, but not everybody's that way there's a lot of people that hide their emotions. There's a lot of people that are going to be hurt inside and they're going to pretend nothing's wrong and they're going to be hurt for months, years, you know, for a long time because they do not have the the knowledge of how to express that and be kind or they just, it makes them feel vulnerable if they have to. So we just need to try not to offend people, if at all possible. It's not always possible not to offend anybody. And honestly, if we're not offending somebody, we're probably not living in authentic self either. And I'm not saying like openly go out and call people ugly or or to cause offense to people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying anytime you take a stand on a subject or a topic or even on moral ground, you're going to offend somebody. And you just have to decide what hill you're willing to die on. And your friends, I have friends that we don't agree on the same things politically or the same things, even morally, or even sometimes even, you know, we have totally different points of view, but we can still remain friends. And the reason we can remain friends is because we love each other for who they are. We, I love, you can, if you know people, you can love any part of anybody. The people that you hate are the people you don't know well. And I really, I do stand with that as well. Anybody that I've thought I had a problem with, once I got to know them better, it was, it, it was impossible not to love them. Let me, okay, so here, here's a good example of this. Every time, if, if you're not a member of uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints or Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, then you might be a little foreign to this topic. But if you are, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Okay, so we go out and we have what we used to call visiting teachers. Okay, so it was kind of like this buddy system where you would go and you check up on the other members of your ward just to make sure that they were okay and that they didn't need any help and just, you know, to be a friend, right? And now it's called ministering sisters. So kind of same topic, a little bit different, but basically the same intent. We're here to love our neighbors and to show concern and to make sure that our neighbors and our friends have what they need and um, are healthy. So every time we go in companionship, so we always have two people when we go visiting teaching. So like right now, my daughter Allie is my partner. But before Allie was old enough to go with me, I had like different partners assigned to me. And every time I got a partner, I either had, or anytime I got an assignment for visiting teachers, because they would, they would give you a list of people to kind of check up on and to be, you know, and to make sure everybody was okay and all of that kind of, you know, serve your neighbor type of thing. It either was somebody in the list of women that I needed to go visit, or it was my visiting teaching partner. Never felt. Every single time I got one of those names in a new list, I always went, oh, great. How is this going to go? I swear that woman hates me. I swear she does not like me very much. And okay, so here's the thing. A lot of them, a lot of my visiting teacher companions and and even, oh, and the other time it's happened too is when uh, my visiting teachers have been assigned to me. And they've been people that I'm like, oh, she hates my guts. She absolutely hates me. And she's going to have to come visit me. Like I, it just, you know, it would it create so much anxiety for me because I just thought, what am I going to say to this woman? I swear she hates my guts. Or how am I going to go visiting teaching with this woman? Because I'm pretty sure she does not like me. Or I'm not sure we're going to get along. Every single time that has happened, I have been so incredibly wrong. I had a woman that actually I grew up with her son and as a high schooler there were some misjudgments about me that got spread around. I was a new kid. A lot of people didn't know much about me and I just rubbed some people wrong. And I understand that why now thanks to the Enneagram, but I um but I do know that there were some moms that were worried about me with their sons. It wasn't justified. I will tell you that. I was a very good girl. But, you know, they worried. And I'm not sure what it was about me that that rubbed them the wrong way, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, I had one of these women come and be my visiting teacher. And I thought, they called and they asked if they could come visit. And of course, I said yes, of course. And, but I, the whole time before they got there, I was really, really dreading it. And her partner happened to be another woman that just intimidated the crap out of me when I was a youth. And so they were both older than me by quite a few years. And um, they were probably close to my mom's age. And I just was so intimidated. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. You know, I'm sure that they thought that I was just like, they had the wrong idea about me as a teenager. And, you know, and now they're going to have to come sit in my home and talk to me. And this is going to be miserable on both accounts for them and for me. And actually, it was the opposite. Once I got to know those women on a personal level, they became some of my favorite people in the world. 
I love them so much. In fact, one of them became one of my biggest, dearest friends and confidants. She is incredible. She made me feel so much better as a person. She just brought that out in me. And she was incredible. She was incredible for knowledge. She was incredibly kind. But I realized that she had some walls up as well. And it wasn't until I was able to get past those walls that I realized it wasn't because she was intimidating or it wasn't because she was a jerk. It was because she was apprehensive. Even though she was older than me, she was a little apprehensive. And it wasn't until I got to know these ladies firsthand that I just, all of that stuff washed away. I no longer was intimidated by them. I no longer felt insecure. I no longer felt like they hated my guts. And actually, I learned to love them. I learned to love them. And I honestly, I love when I run into those two women. To this day, I love it. It brings a spark of joy to my heart. And I just love to talk to them. And the same thing has happened with partners. I have been assigned partners and I'm like, oh, great. How am I going to have, how am I going to do this? I have to go visit these women with this partner that does not like me very much. And it's never failed me. God knows who we need. God knows who we need to repair relationships with, and he gives us opportunities if we're willing to take them. And I am so grateful that God gave me those opportunities to fix those those misconceptions I had about those women. I, you know, it was not fair. I was making judgments that I shouldn't have made, and I was assuming that they were making a ju- judgments that maybe they were, but I was making the assumption that they were they were making them when I had no idea what they were thinking. So anyway, I it has always turned out that way. God knows who you need to repair things with. And if you listen closely and you give him a chance, he will give you those opportunities to fix those relationships. And I promise if you get to know anybody, you will find a reason to love them. You will. And if you cannot find a reason to love them, they must just be awful, awful awful people, or you yourself are an awful, awful, awful person. (laughs) Okay, I'm joking. I totally am joking. Don't write me hate mail. That's not, that's not necessarily true. Just because you, there's a difference between hating somebody and not clicking with somebody. You cannot click with somebody because you don't have a lot in common, or maybe you're so different, you just don't even know what you talk about. That makes sense. Not everybody is for everyone. And that's okay. That means that she's got a friend out there that is looking for her. And you need to step out of the way so her friend can find her. So, but there is always something to love about somebody. Always. I can tell you, even the people I have had the hardest time with, I can find something to love. And that ultimately is what we all need to do. Okay, so back to our toxic um, and healthy friendships. Do we attract projects? Do you have friends that are constantly in turmoil? Do you have friends that are constantly bringing you down? Do you have friends that are constantly creating drama for you? And do you have friends that have no boundaries? These are toxic relationships. These are the ones that we are addressing today. Okay. Here is what I would suggest, first and foremost, set some boundaries. 
Everybody has boundaries. Even with my closest friends, I have boundaries. And my closest friends have boundaries. We have boundaries around our families. We have boundaries around things that are personal to us that maybe we're not ready to open up about yet. We have boundaries. We have boundaries as far as like some people, it's okay if you walk into their house like unannounced and you just don't knock and you walk in and, and announce yourself. Other people have boundaries for that. They would like you to walk up to the door and knock on it just like everybody else. We need to respect boundaries, but we also need to set up boundaries that are going to keep us comfortable and safe. Okay, so so for me, I'm the type of person, if my friend walked in unannounced and just said, hey, can I borrow some eggs or whatever, I'd be totally cool with it. But I do have a friend that would not be okay with that. And I would never in a million years, no matter how close we are, ever dream of doing that at her house because that is not what she's comfortable with. And that would be beyond rude for her. So we need to set boundaries and we need to be plain and clear about what those boundaries are. Sometimes people don't catch on to boundaries as easily as others. So if some one of your friends crosses a boundary, then you need to nicely tell her, hey, you know, I love that you feel comfortable coming over to my house and, you know, um, asking me for eggs or for anything that you possibly need, but it makes me real uncomfortable when you just walk in. Okay. We need to set those boundaries. We need to respect and not be offended by those boundaries. But we also need to make sure that we are vocalizing those boundaries because we cannot get angry or upset with somebody for not respecting boundaries that they had no idea existed. Okay. So set boundaries. And that's including emotionally as well. If you, I've had this experience before for a long, throughout almost my entire life um, as an adult. I've had friends that have struggled in their, their marriages and we all struggle in our marriages. I've struggled in my marriage and I've had to really keep tabs on myself because we all tend to do this. You know that saying, misery loves company? Well, it's a true statement. Okay. And it doesn't mean that because you're miserable and you, you are wanting company, it doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. It just means that you're going through something and you're wanting somebody to understand you. But sometimes we push that a little bit too far. And I've had it where I've had friends where they're miserable in their, their relationships and they are going through a divorce or looking at getting a divorce or all of that. And because misery loves company, they will sit there and they will try to encourage you to kind of take that path as well. So instead of, you know, being happy that they are, that your friend is not in that situation as you are, they will encourage you, oh, you should just get divorced because then we can hang out and we can party all the time. And as fun as that sounds with your friend, it's not a healthy relationship because your friend is going through something really hard and really toxic in her life. It's really hard for her to be healthy in other relationships of her life. And that is just a fact. And it's not because she's incapable or because she's unkind or she's a terrible person. It's because she's going through something inside emotionally that she is struggling with and she needs understanding and she's feeling very lonely and she is looking to fill that void of loneliness. Okay. But we do need to be, you know, we need to explain to our friends, Hey, we love you. We're so sorry that you're going through this right now. If there's anything I can help you with, 
I would love to help you, but you know, this is something you need to work out with your husband or with whoever they are going through this with. And um, I'm here for you to support you, but I'm, I, you know, I can't do that. I can't take the same path that you're on because I'm not on it. Okay. So we need to be kind, but we need to also set those boundaries because we will sink other people. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen with friendships a lot. A best friend gets divorced and all of a sudden the other best friend decides that her marriage is not worth saving either. And it's tragic. And I don't know the ins and outs of every situation or relationship, and I'm not even claiming to, but it really is something that is easy to do to tear our friends down because we are miserable. Okay, so we need to make sure that even if we are in a toxic state right in our own lives, that we are not dragging that onto other people. The other thing is, is the people that if you attract projects all the time where people are constantly in a hot mess state, and you are constantly their psychologist, or you are constantly picking up the pieces, or you're constantly bending over backwards to help this person put their life back together. You are probably not in a very healthy relationship. You are not in a healthy friendship. The thing is, is as friends, we naturally want to help our friends. We do, but oftentimes we just end up enabling our friends. And that is hard because we don't want to uh, ditch our friends in their time of need. We want to be supportive and we want to be there for them. But we also don't want to enable them in, in toxic or bad behavior that is going to ruin the rest of their life or to hurt them. So it's kind of like this tight rope that we have to walk. But look, we've all been there, right? We've all been in these toxic um, behavioral patterns. We've all had hard times in our lives. We've all had baggage. We've all had things that we've had to work through. And, you know, so nobody's exempt from that. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad friend if you're going through something hard right now and you don't feel like you have a lot to offer anybody right now. That's okay. Take a second, step back and fix you and then come back and just explain to your friends, hey, look, I'm going through something. This is tough for me. I don't want to drag you down with me. So I'm going to step back. I'm going to take care of this problem that is right in front of me so that I can get back to loving you the way you deserve. Because ultimately, that's what unconditional love is, is knowing when to stop ourselves from being that toxic person in, or hot mess in somebody else's life. Okay. We don't want people to constantly have to pick up our, our pieces of ourselves. Okay. We need to learn to pick up our own pieces because nobody else really can do that. When people get their pieces of their lives picked up by other people all the time, they tend to be people that can't or don't learn to take care of themselves. And then they're constantly dependent on people for survival. Now, don't get me wrong. We all depend on people. I depend on my parents. I depend on my husband. I depend on my kids. I depend on my friends. I depend on all of them. But the difference is, is that if my friend didn't call me today, I could still function. If my mom didn't call me today, if nobody called me today, I could still function. It would be okay. And oftentimes those people that we are constantly cleaning up for, they don't learn to pick up their own messes and then they're just always a mess. So it's a fine line of being supportive, but also not enabling. And that's tough. 
that is a tough situation. And I would say in everything that you do with any relationship, your spouse, your parents, your friends, your kids, any relationship that you have, if you're struggling with something, take it to your Heavenly Father because He definitely knows how to go about it. And He will give you the best advice. Far better than mine, I'm sure. So that is something that we need to be careful about. Um, Okay, here are some things that healthy friends will never ask. Okay, healthy friends will never ask you for money. Okay, here's the thing. If your friend has left her wallet accidentally in her car and you guys took your car to go to lunch and she forgot her wallet and you've already sat down to lunch and you she realizes after you got done with lunch that she forgot her wallet in her car and she says oh my gosh I can't believe I did this but I totally forgot my wallet can you spot lunch today and I will pay you back absolutely spot your friend some lunch and it doesn't it doesn't mean that she's an unhealthy friend okay that happens. That happens to everybody. I've gotten, I've got up and bring all my groceries through and then realized that I didn't have my debit card because my child took it. And I'm standing at the cash register going, ah, I don't know what to do. And perfect strangers have bought my, my groceries. Okay. It happens. Here's the thing though. If it happens often, if it happens repeatedly, that is not a healthy relationship. If your friends are asking for large sums of money, that is definitely not a healthy relationship. Here's the other thing too. If they do spot you spot you money and you tell them that you're going to pay them back, pay them back. That is what will keep your relationship healthy. Do not ever take advantage of your friend in that way. That will create the most unhealthy relationship quicker than anything. So please do not do that to your friends. Set clear boundaries. Know what you expect. If you ask your friend to lunch, you need to be specific or you need to make sure that she knows that either she's paying for her half or that you're paying for her half. Okay. I always, I always look at it this way. If my friend asks me to go to lunch, I always bring my own money. If she doesn't say anything by the time the bill comes or she doesn't offer to pay it, I pay for my own food. I have no problem with that. If you cannot afford to go to lunch with your friend, you need to be direct with her the minute she asks. Hey, can you go to lunch? Well, I really can't. Not till Thursday till I get paid. Then if she still wants to go to lunch, she may say, oh no, it's my treat. Please, please come to lunch with me. Then you have to decide, you know, okay, if your friend is willing to do that and she really wants you to go, then maybe you let her take you out to lunch. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure that if it's a situation where you just forgot your wallet or, you know, she's paid for your your drink the last 10 times, that you offer to pay her. Because money will get in between friends and it is ugly when it does. Do not become that relationship. Another thing a healthy friend will never ask. They will never ask you to choose between you and their family. So your friend 
will never say, hey, you have to choose whether you're going to, you know, side with your family or side with me. They will never ask you to pick sides. And not just with your family, but with anybody. They should not ask you to pick sides. If they are asking you to pick sides, then it's not a healthy relationship. And unfortunately, those relationships are often ones I run from because I don't want somebody who makes me have to choose between people. If I love two different people, the person who is asking me to choose is often going to be the one I leave because the other person has not asked me to choose. So that is something they will never ask as well. The other thing are pretty common. The other things that friends won't ask are pretty common, you know, like no brainer stuff, right? You're not going to, um, you're not going to ask for inappropriate things, right? You're not going to ask for, um, them to do ridiculous things that are completely outside of any comfort zone or be that you wouldn't ask, you know, your own husband to do. Okay. So the thing is, is we need to make sure that when we are getting asked to do things, we need to go, okay, is this a healthy request or is this a toxic request? And we, and generally we know right off the top of our head because the minute they ask, we either have red flags flashing or we're like, oh yeah, cool. Cause we love to help our friends. It's not that we don't love to help our friends, but if they're asking you to do something that makes you uncomfortable, it's probably at least leaning toward a toxic relationship. Okay. Also, those friends that bring more drama into your life. We're going to talk about those because at some point in your life, you've had them. I've had them. The people that you say things to, they go and they embellish or they may twist things and tell somebody else something you said that you didn't say or they they cause problems right? They cause problems between you and other people. Usually the reason they do this is because they're so insecure with themselves. They have to ruin your, you know, uh, reputation in order to make them feel, feel good about themselves. And if that, you know, if you haven't caught on by now, that is a toxic person. Okay. Um, so it's like that meme, you know, see that toxic person running the other way. Okay, so that's what we're that's what we're gonna do. Now it doesn't mean that those people aren't deserving of love or that they don't deserve the conversation of, hey, you know, you did this and this hurt my feelings and I can't be around you if this is how this is gonna continue to go. Everybody deserves that conversation. Okay. Other thing toxic people do, they flirt with your husband. Don't ever do that. Or your boyfriend. Toxic people overstep boundaries all the time, okay? Um, and it can come in lots of different forms. It can come in the form of them um, yelling at your children. Okay, like some people may have no problem with that, but most people do. You are, even no matter how close you are to that person, you let them be the parent. And I don't care how close you are. I am very, very close to like, my friends, um, and I know their husbands really well, but never in a million years would I ever text them repeatedly for something that didn't have to do with my friend. In fact, I had a kind of a panic attack. I was wanting 
to help my girlfriend. She's been wanting her kitchen redone for a little bit. And I wanted to do that for her as a secret. So I started, I got a hold of her. Well, actually first I got a hold of her daughter because I didn't have her husband's number. Okay. And, and I know her husband. I've, I've talked to him. I, I know him well enough to talk to him. So, but I didn't have his number, which is appropriate. Okay. <laughs> it is appropriate that I did not have his number. So I got a hold of her daughter and I said, hey, this is what I'm wanting to do for your mom. I need your dad in on this because it's a big surprise and I've got to get her out of the house and I'm going to need some help. And so if you could give me your dad's number, that would be awesome. So I told her daughter everything she needed to know. Okay. And then I got a hold of her husband and I told him the same thing. Hey, I'm wanting to do this for for your wife. I think it would mean a lot to her. Can I please come do this? And he was happy to let me do it. Okay, but I was panicking inside because I don't do that. I don't call and just have chit chats over text with my friend's husbands. Okay, that's a normal response from a healthy friendship. Okay, but I was texting him back and forth because we were trying to make plans on how to get my friend out of the house, how we were going to go about it and all of this stuff. Right. So but I was panicking inside because I thought if my friend sees me texting her husband what is the first thing that's going to go through her mind? And I did not want to deal with that. So I made sure that if I was going to pull this thing off, I was going to pull it off fast. I was not going to have it go for months and months where I was texting your husband and trying to make things work. Like, no, it was going to happen that week and I was going to get it done so that I could keep that relationship appropriate. Okay, so here's the thing. We all, when we're, we're throwing surprise parties, we get, we get a hold of their spouse and we say, Hey, we're going to throw them a surprise party. I'm not saying that that is toxic. Okay. We all know what's appropriate. We all do. Okay. And if there are flashes in your heart that go, Oh, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't right. This is feeling weird. This is feeling weird. This is uncomfortable. Or if we're making anybody else feel that way, then we've overstepped a line. Okay. And as a spouse, I think that you have the right to say, hey, I understand what you're doing, but like, I feel like it's getting a little uncomfortable, so we need to take a step back. Okay? We all have boundaries. Spousals, spouses, spousal relationships, those are big boundaries. Do not get caught in the middle of those unless you are looking for an extremely toxic, but incredibly like atomic bomb like worth of drama. It will create so much torment in your life and in your friends and there will be no redeeming that relationship. You will have completely killed it and not just killed it, but buried it and cremated it and all of the things. That relationship will be dead forever. And I promise it may not be today, tomorrow, or even in a couple years, but someday you will regret that. So please do not overstep those incredibly sacred but special boundaries, okay? Um, so there's people that want to create drama all the time in your life. You know, they uh, want to backstab. They want to, um, it, it, they often are victims in it. You know, you approach them about it. Hey, why'd you tell so-and-so I said this? I never said this. They often will um, say, what? I didn't say that. Or they will deny it. They'll often lie. We know what those people look like, okay? And the thing is, like I say, we may really care about them. We may love them. And maybe it's something that 
they've always been this way or maybe it's something they've just like naturally like kind of grown into because of some garbage that's happened in their life. Either way, have a discussion, communicate with that person, let them know what your boundaries are, what you expect. And if your friend cannot agree with you or cannot get on the same page, then it's time to let it go. It's time to let go of that friendship. We all have a responsibility to protect our mental health, our emotional health, and those around us, okay? Because oftentimes when we have toxic relationships around us, we it affects the people that we're closest to and we can't have that as well, okay? So the thing is, is if you have people constantly showing up that are wanting to be your friend and they're just projects and um, they're constantly in need of your help and they're they're taking over your time with your family, um, with your other friends, and they're just, they're incapable of cleaning up their own messes that they've created, then you might need to have a discussion, okay? I would say most friendships are willing at least the effort to try to save them. But there are going to be relationships in your life that you're going to have to look at and say, is this redeemable? And if it is redeemable, do I have the time and the effort to give this person that they need or this relationship that it needs? Some people are needier than others. Some people need friends that are around them all the time, day in and day out. And if you're a mom or a wife and a mom or busy, sometimes you just can't give that to that person. So always be kind, be generous, be overly kind, if at all possible. But don't be a doormat. That is not going to help you in your life either. It is not going to help your friends in their life either. Stand your ground, have boundaries. And people that have boundaries with each other have healthy relationships. We have to have healthy relationships. There's some things we can discuss with our friends. There's some things we need to keep to ourselves. And if you pay attention to body language, if you pay attention to how your friend is acting when you're talking to them about this stuff, you will catch on pretty quick, whether it's appropriate or it's inappropriate. If it comes off inappropriate, if they start to get uncomfortable and they squirm, and all of that. You need to apologize. You need to apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I realize I hit a nerve or I realize that I might have overstepped that boundary. Please forgive me. I will not discuss this with you anymore. We need to be respectful of other people's mental health, especially if we're going through trauma. Not everybody's capable of listening to our trauma without it becoming traumatic for them. So we need to make sure that we address our problems personally before we start dragging our friends into it. If you're going through a hard time, just know that there are people that care and love about you or love you and, and we worry about you and we want what's best for you. And please just know that there is help out there, whether it's professional help or whether you just need your friend to call that professional to get you help. Don't be afraid to ask your friends for help, but make sure it's something that we can actually help with. And there's always going to be somebody in your corner if you are open to it. 
make yourself open to it and be the type of friend that be the kind of friend that you want and just know that there is somebody out there that you can turn to and if you need somebody to turn to I'm always here because we friends right <laughs> <laughs>